Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. One of the assets in the county, we all know, is, of course, Silverstone. Uh, Silverstone, the racetrack, but also Silverstone, the sort of innovation park and everything around it, because it is quite a cluster of some really quite remarkable businesses, uh, many related to um, Formula One and many not. But um, there is a great deal of, I would say, expertise, uh, innovation uh, around advanced manufacturing and everything to do with it. And today I'm delighted to welcome the managing director of a very interesting company, and he's going to tell us all about it, um, a company called Performance Projects, um, the professional design and engineering services. And um, the managing director is Chris Horton. Chris, welcome to the show. Um, looks like you've got a very, you know, sexy and exciting business here, really, doing some quite remarkable things. Is innovation a sort of key platform in what you do? Yes, innovation is, is really important to us. It's the core. And, and, and certainly with regard to our focus and expenditure, it's a very large proportion of, of our work. Um, we, we, we particularly enjoy new products and services uh, based around those uh, sort of aspects. Mm. And how long has the business been going? Oh, we've been going since 2010. And what was the sort of origin of it? Uh, who were the founders and what, you know, what inspired the idea? So the company is founded by Terence Goad and myself, Chris Horton. Uh, we both met uh, in a motorsport setting uh, at Ray Mallock's over in Wellingborough on touring cars. And then we went our separate ways into Formula One, Terence on uh, with Renault and then Toyota and then myself to Cosworth. Um, we spent 10 years uh, doing pursuing those goals. Terence uh, rose up to be uh, in the future projects group at Toyota doing some of the innovations that weren't based on car. They were the blue sky thinking big, big gains in the future. And I um, ended up managing and, and developing through Cosworth, managing a number of their programs, uh, ultimately being responsible for all trackside operations in Formula One. And your is a background in terms of um, education and, and, and training for both of you would be, I presume, engineering, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're both uh, degree qualified. Uh, so Terence went to Brunel uh, and got a first there. I went to Imperial and uh, got my mechanical engineering degree there. Um, I went on through my time at Cosworth. I, I studied an MBA as well to cover the business side. Mm. And uh, most recently, we, uh, we both became fellows of the IMECI to, to sort of support the industry. Okay, so a very strong uh, pedigree there and obviously technical background. Um, how much of your business is related to Silverstone and, Form you know, the, that we all know Formula One? Um, so Formula One, we, we still uh, do a bit of consultancy for, but we um, most recently, over the last sort of five years, um, in the unit, uh, we've moved towards producing products. So uh, companies, motorsport companies um, that want uh, items done that, uh, that have some unique qualities to them, 
and so we design and build and supply straight into manufacturers with that but alongside that we've also got some some other technologies that aren't motorsport but rely on the same core skills of innovation mm. so how does this work then you have the ideas and try to sell them or people come to you and say look we've got this idea we want to do this can you help us so um for us uh with, with regard to some of the ideas we we the, the, the interesting thing about motorsport as an ideas generator is it's, it's a very constantly evolving and it's a fully functioning prototype. And as time's gone on, the quality of that work, as you see on, on TV, uh, it has mm. gone up and up and up, both in performance, but also in, in reducing failure rate. And we took that and as well as working in motorsport, developed some of our own ideas, um, which again, result in, in very low volume of product in some cases, but very high proof of concept. So our biggest example of that is the design and supply of uh, fully autonomous tractors. Tractors, okay. Cracky, I was gonna say, what are the other sort of products, um, categories that you <laughs> that you offer? Because it seems, you know, looking at the portfolio here on the brochure, quite wide, no? It's, it's very wide. And so things like a fully autonomous sounder, a tractor sounds like a very disparate link but actually, um, that the basis on that kind of thing is, is who would you approach that can design you from clean sheet, a complete vehicle that approaches a whole new industry, the, the, the challenges of electrification and autonomy uh, within agriculture, nothing like that exists. So you need a completely new vehicle. You need to think very carefully about what it is you want to achieve, and you need to create something that's fully functioning, running in the fields um, in, order to, in order to deliver that. So who, who do you go to? Well, it's very difficult to go to a, an existing manufacturer. You go to somebody who's used to high quality design, full vehicle supply, and, and therefore you come to somebody at Silverstone and, and ideally us. So I come to you, you make this for me, then how does the scaling up? Do you have a chance to stay in and, and get an annuity income from, you know, when it does go mainstream and goes into big manufacturing, or do you have that capability and capacity yourselves? So we, we will we will scale up to a certain extent. So some of the um, so some of the products that we do we, we make into the hundreds. Um, so not not insignificant in terms of volume. Um, it, it very much depends on the business plan of our customer. So we, we will supply that as 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 proof of concept, one off, two offs, tens offs, that kind of thing. Um, but we we can help scale up in, in volume. I think one of our most recent projects that we're currently on now is in is in drives for similar vehicles, and um, that is is something that scales very well and something we can do fully in house. Mm. How many um, staff do you have? Uh, half a dozen full time on site plus extra support. Okay, and is the uh, the new EV the electric vehicle is that a big opportunity for you then? Because obviously the car industry, the automobile industry, whether it's Formula One. Uh, but the mainstream car industry is changing, right? Under great pressure to change. So I presume this presents opportunities for you to show your talents and your skills. It, yes, no. So mainstream automotive, we don't do anything with, um, but we do a lot with either emerging industries. So like I say, agriculture, construction, defense, all of those kinds of things that are pushing hard for um, um, electrification. Uh, they they they're a great um, opportunity um, and also people who who want to demonstrate who want smaller number of vehicles to demonstrate key things so we've been involved in launch projects for OEMs um, 
and and sort of very sort of niche focused performance vehicles and that kind of thing. So it very much depends at, at one end of the spectrum, but there's certainly lots of opportunities out there. Yeah, and I guess you you can't really tell us the secrets of your success, or you know what what are the secrets of your success in in simple terms. Well, we we place a lot of focus on on the engineering capability. Um, so so I would say the the secret of how we've got to where we are is is certainly on on understanding the problem, uh, what what the customer wants to achieve, or, or what our project sets out to do, and and putting clear sort of understanding on that, and then being quite single-minded about about delivering exactly that yeah and I'm, I'm still just um trying to think you know if you if you come up with the original idea uh, and it is eventually marketed and commercialized you know um later on do you do you want your reward up front as a sort of capital cost for your customer or are you able to negotiate anything where there's a capital cost but actually there's there's an ongoing income stream even if you're not uh, no longer involved in the future it very much depends on what the customer comes to us with. So some customers want to buy a, a design and a solution and they want to own it, in which case, the, you know, that's clearly what they get. Um, yeah. That's no problem at all. Some of them want to risk share. Some of them want, for instance, some of them, uh, the first autonomous tractor that we designed, um, the whole purpose of that was not because they wanted an autonomous tractor per se, but because they wanted to launch their brand of, 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 intelligent systems and artificial intelligence but they didn't want to demonstrate that on an existing vehicle because that would blur their brand and so that's a slightly different proposition because the you know vehicles like that aren't necessarily the core of what they're actually selling so there's a there's a mutual risk share there's options for the future yeah. um and all the rest of it and and sometimes new projects like anything develop new ideas that, that are very much uh, can be an in-house project to um to then develop and, and supply back to the customer and, and the new concepts, new products, new ideas. Fascinating. So you're really continually in an entrepreneurial mode in so many ways and, and with, with partners as well as in your, uh, your own right, really. Um, no, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it depends on what they come to you with a proposition and you price accordingly, right? If it's just, you know, we want to pick your brains, uh, take your idea and run away with it, you know, you price it one thing. And then if, it's, if they want you to be involved in the longer term, I guess it's a different uh, pricing structure. So quite fascinating. So what happened in COVID? Did that did that help or hinder the business? So COVID was was very interesting. We we had our strongest year uh, to date in 2019, and that was based on uh, major motorsport programs selling quite a lot of racing versions of their road cars and us supplying a number of bits for them. So that that was our strongest year. And then obviously COVID hit, and automotive, mainstream automotive. You know, went quiet overnight uh, last year, as, as, as we all know, there's plenty of evidence of that. Um, but we had in the pipeline the work that we've done in these other areas and the government were obviously particularly worried about within agriculture, as taking that as an example, um, food security due to Brexit, um, but then overlaid with that um, COVID problems. And so they fast tracked a lot of their programs. So we we in a consultancy fashion and a new products in the future then change to suit that and have placed quite a lot of emphasis on working on on government type initiatives to uh, address their concerns mm. okay so yes it's an it's an ill wind that blows what does it say ill wind blows um nobody any good um in terms of the company structure then so you and terence are the two founders are you the two co-owners or do you have other owners yeah. Uh, you know, as fresh no. capital come in, it's just the two of you, yes? 
it's just the two of us yep okay and future plans and ambitions yeah you know, where where do you expect to be in the next five to ten years so we certainly see some of the work we're doing in these new areas offer great products so um we certainly see some potential and growth in in the product uh, environment there so um most of our focus at the moment is going into into new products um, um to to sell under our effectively our own name um so we certainly expect to uh, develop those and and uh, make those into a, a standalone area of the business and um also we we we'll always try and maintain our our engineering services and consultancy because we get involved in some of the most interesting interesting projects and they really fire us up on a day-to-day -day level and also give us access and interest to, to some of the new technologies we rely on in other areas. Yeah, and you mentioned there the consultancy, which is, um, I'm sure, a, a really interesting part of the business. What sort of other, I mean, it's a small number of people that you're talking about so for all these great ideas. So do you have tie-ins with you know, universities or with research institutes around in the UK or around the world? Um, not not necessarily on an ongoing basis, but some of our projects that we do for Innovate UK and that kind of thing are, are most definitely collaborative. Um, and so therefore we've worked with universities and are currently working with the universities on that. Um, we also work quite closely with universities for, for, for new recruits and, uh, and packages of work like that. So we've, um, we, we've, we, we quite closely align. Obviously, we, we have challenges with recruitment in, in terms of being a, a relatively unknown brand competing in our area with um, with obviously very big brands and therefore you know obviously getting the best possible recruits we can interested in the work we do mm. what's the benefit of being on the silverstone innovation park because it's uh, pim van basen who's been a guest on the show before he runs the silverstone um technology cluster uh, and you know it's a very active grouping right of what 150 members or so well, what's the benefit for you of being in that quite intense and you know i would imagine a very talented uh, community well one of the things we particularly like about the silverstone technology cluster is it's built on a basis of collaboration and discussion so um we, we've learned since 2010 a number of skills in collaborative projects sort of what to look for uh, how to foster that how to how to share the ideas and and and, and go into it for for sort of group gain or, or passing Sort of inquiries that may not be so suited around so certainly we like the silverstone technology cluster from the point of view of, of awareness of the group awareness of new ventures and interesting sort of uh, potential that crops up in seminars and that kind of thing but also just just to sort of help support the the area and um and, and wait for those new opportunities to come to pass yeah. it's a great it's, it's a really good cluster um because as you as you will have known from PIM, um, we're known as a motorsport area, but but the transferable skills and the interest in transferring those skills is is very high, and so the the, the diversity of projects that people talk about um, are fascinating and, and and very exciting. Yeah, no, it is such a great asset for the uh, for the county, of course. So, of all these wonderful, sexy things that you play with and get a chance to run around in, you know, is there one that perhaps? Um, the, the listener would say, gosh, yes, I, I remember seeing that. Or is there one that you're particularly proud of, you know, your biggest achievement in the last 10 years? Oh, that's a good question. I, I think I think what we're doing in, in agriculture and agri-tech are going to potentially be the most transformational. And uh, so those, I think, will be the, the things we'll be most proud of. Um, being able to 
being able to manufacture and support and, and, and grow in a in a environmentally sustained, interesting sort of way that 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 has real future. It's got future within our country um, to help with with the requirements we have of resource, but it also is highly exportable, and so it can create a real powerhouse, a whole new industry uh, mm. for the UK um, that that is that that will carry us forward into the long term. And uh, it's great to be part of that in the future. Certainly, when we see things, you know, working out in the field. Um, it'll be great to see to see that, and, and hopefully some of that will be ours, and we can take great comfort in that. I can imagine. No, I think agri tech is a very, is a fascinating area, and you know I've heard, gosh, some farmer friends of mine have said that uh, the technology in the tractors today actually, you know, is almost as good as a Formula One car. It, it beats the standard saloon car, and I think you're a living testament to that. Would you Would you agree? Yes, and I think the more you think about it, um, it's in the public domain. Um, this concept of of if, if you've got sort of small robots sort of running up and down, then understanding whether something's got a you know, a fungal problem or, or whatever, you can you can catch that very early. You can treat it with ultraviolet light rather than pesticides. So you're not blanket bombing. You're you're targeting. You're managing your yield and your cold storage and all these other things. So it's not just about the picking or the or the plowing. The obvious tasks. There's there's whole new ways of working that. Sounds scary when we describe it as whole new ways, but if you could wander up and down your field every day, sort of tending to it uh, very attentively and and are harvesting exactly the bits at the right time for, for best yield and least wastage, that's an exciting time. And that's exactly what's being developed. So the technology is going almost ballistic at the moment. Mm. Fantastic. Um, before we, I ask my last question, what are the contact details? Or, you know, if people want to find out more about the business, where should they look? Where should they go? Uh, well, certainly our, our, our website has a lot of information at uh, www.performance-projects.com. Um, so there's there's a bit on there and, and you can contact me through that. And um, yeah, take a look through there, take a look through the Silverstone Technology Cluster and uh, yeah, see what sort of interest. But there's, there's, there's lots to go on, uh, lots of fascinating stories there. No, uh, right, definitely. We'll repeat that before the end. So one last question, and forgive me, right? Um, have you done any work for James Bond for the Aston Martin? <laughs> Not on that. We haven't done any on James Bond's Aston Martin, but we have done a lot of work, um, not directly for Aston Martin, but for Aston Martins generally. Um, so uh, we're, we're all ears. We, we have done some very strange cars with very strange features, but none of them have gone to James Bond yet. No, for Q. Well, we must get Q to come and have a visit and have a look around your uh, your facility there, right? <laughs> and for sure, um, one one of the things that we love is um, is that people do come to us with very interesting things. Um, we, we've done sort of anything from all electric ice cream uh, vans, uh, which have been quite interesting. We've done we've done projects for major manufacturers where they've wanted to create fun and interesting vehicles in exactly the way of James Bond. But um, they're, they're great fun projects, and certainly we're, we're the right type of people to be able to deliver them. We, we love them. Fantastic. Well, you heard it here first. So we will be seeing, I hope, Silverstone and uh, performance projects on a James Bond film coming to your screens very soon, although they've hold, held up for the third time, haven't they, the latest James Bond film. So, Chris, a great pleasure to have you on the show. And I say that as somebody that's really all my life, and my father, too, has been involved in service industries, not in making things and widgets. And for a long time, I kind of, you know, any talk of a factory, I'd kind of run away. But actually, because of different uh, things in my career, I've gone into factories and understanding, you know, 
process and engineering, uh, how such a valuable function it is for the economy, for the world as a whole. But, you know, where you are at the cutting edge in so many areas, it's really very exciting and, and great to have, you know, you in the county and come and share some insights to, to your business. So, Chris, thank you for coming on the show. Keep up the great work. Keep safe, of course. And yes, we do uh, look to see performance, performance, performance projects brand growing and becoming, you know, instantly recognizable. If you'd like to learn more, go to www.performance hyphenprojects.com. Chris, thank you. Perhaps you'll come back again in the future and tell us how things are going in a, in a few months or so. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.